welcome back to another season of Love, Joy, and Languages. This is a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I am your host, Heidi Lovejoy, and it feels so good to be back after a couple months break. I am so excited to be here. I hope you all have had a wonderful summer and are feeling fresh and ready to get back into the swing of things. Before I begin with the content for today, I do have a couple administrative things to say. First, I want to invite you to rate and review my show wherever you listen to it. If this is your first time here, listen all the way through and then let me know what you think. This helps me reach other listeners and grow this community of language learners and lovers. Second order of business is that in season one, I released a new episode every week, except for when we were on holiday. But this season, I don't quite have a release plan yet. I've taken on a full-time job outside the home for the first time in 10 years since my first child was born. And this, of course, means I have less time at home, I need to be very intentionally present with my children when we are all home, and I still need to find time to study my languages. But I just want to let you all know so you can be patient with me as I work out how to keep the show going and also have time for the higher priorities in my life. I've loved creating this podcast, and even more so, I've loved so much the connections I've made with you all, my listeners. And I just love hearing from you all and finding out how our language journeys are similar or different. I love hearing your stories and celebrating your language wins, and I have every intention of continuing the show. So just hang in there as I figure things out through this really big life change, okay? Now, let's talk language learning. Coming off of summer break, I just want to chat about what my family and I did with respect to languages. We had a really packed summer break. I had so many ideas for things we could do during these weeks off. And of course, I really wanted to do so much more than we had the time and energy for. If all these things I wanted to do had been part of my summer goal, now would be the time when I'd be saying, I failed because we didn't do everything planned or our summer was such a waste. But even better, I'm really thinking my expectations weren't realistic from the beginning. This is always important to point out. That when reality doesn't meet expectations, whether it's the amount of time you study a language, how quickly or perfectly you're acquiring it, or anything else in life, from summer activities to weight loss to financial planning, any time our reality doesn't match our expectations, it's so important to assess why and look at what was accomplished instead of focusing on what wasn't. And in our short, short summer, we actually did do a lot. The kids attended several summer programs. We went to the pool, did some traveling, including a last-minute road trip to Italy. We had friends over, discovered a new playground near our house, spent lots of time outside, ate tons of gelato, stayed up late, read books, discovered kids' audiobooks, found interesting podcasts for kids, and we did have some great language-related time in there as well. As I look back on the last few weeks, at first glance, it would be really easy to feel unsuccessful when it comes to languages. Summer breaks with school-age kids have always been stressful for me. For one, just getting out of my own routine and not having the same amount of time to focus on language study myself is challenging. I love studying languages, whether it's vocab or grammar or reading or listening, and I simply can't do much of the actual study when the kids are home all day. So it's really easy to feel like a failure during these summer weeks, even though there is no real failing. It's just expectations management but I have to frequently remind myself of that. And when it comes to the kids' languages, summers are hard because we lose their number one immersive activity, being in school surrounded by the local language for several hours a day. 
So every single summer since we moved to Italy five years ago, I feel a lot of pressure, mostly self-prescribed pressure, but sometimes intensified by others, but I feel this pressure to make up for the hours of input that they're missing. Somehow, I feel like I'm supposed to provide a way for the kids to hear and speak Italian and German at home all summer, hours on end, despite the fact that I don't consider myself fluent in either language. This is one fallacy that has, in the past, caused me to question all of my language decisions. I failed. I can't support my kids. I'm not good enough. Maybe we never should have tried. They're going to fail and it's going to be all my fault. I need to just do more and more and more and it's never enough. But this summer, I grabbed hold of reality and my mindset and expectations were completely different. And I have to say, it made a world of difference. To start, for myself, this summer, I didn't allow myself any expectation of formal language study. Based on past summers, I knew I wouldn't likely be able to do any formal study, so I just accepted that instead of fighting it this year. I didn't keep my grammar books out hoping for time to crack them open. I paused my italki lessons. I didn't keep up my usual daily review on various apps that I use. In fact, several weeks ago, I finally reached the 365-day streak on Duolingo and finished out that streak challenge, got the badge, and then I promptly let the streak lapse back to zero days. And honestly, it felt really good. But anyway, most days, I didn't feel very language learnery, Language learner-like, learner-esque, whatever. And it was okay, because I expected it to be like that. For the kids, most of our interactions were in English, and they still watch the majority of their TV shows in English. So on the surface, I could feel like a total failure. But we don't do that all-or-nothing thinking here. We're not giving in to the surface-level generalizations. So I'm going to go deeper and dig up all the language goodness of our summer break. First, I have to look at what I wanted to accomplish this summer. Lucky for me, in episode 19 of season 1, I publicized exactly this. Going back to my notes, I remember that I had three priorities for summer break in the following order. First, spending quality time with my kids, doing things they enjoy, and being completely present in those moments. Second, I wanted to make sure I took care of myself, allowing myself to recharge my batteries every day in order to have the energy to focus on all the other things. And my third priority was languages. So going back to that initial glance of our language time this summer, it feels unsuccessful because we didn't make huge language progress, watch all our TV in German, or speak a ton more Italian at home, but that's okay. That wasn't even one of my own goals. And in fact, languages were the third of three summer priorities. So I can't stress here enough the importance of going back and reviewing and respecting your goals and priorities. It's really easy to say, yeah, I had that goal, but in the back of my mind, I really, really expected to do even more. But it doesn't work that way. I was in a sane, mindful, and realistic mental space when making my summer priorities, and I really have to respect that. So sure, I always think it'd be amazing to live our lives in German and Italian. I would love to do that with my kids. But that wasn't my summer goal, and thank heavens because it would have been completely unrealistic anyway. So I'm not going to let that dream get in the way of seeing what we did do, which really looking back was a lot. The kids each had two weeks of local summer programs, which were in German, and their report back to me was that they loved the activities. They each talked with other kids, communicated with instructors, and got to be around the German language in a fun, engaging, no-stress environment. That's excellent. That's utilizing the immersive nature of living abroad 
which was a tool I wanted to tap into more this summer. One day, my daughter and I went to our local outdoor market for the first time after living here for over a year. Not only did we both interact with vendors in German, but we also found a couple vendors who spoke Italian, and we were so giddy to be able to ask questions and place our orders in Italian, and seeing the vendors' faces light up at our clearly accented English, and then them excitedly asking us how we speak the language, because clearly we aren't native speakers. It really fed our souls. It was so much fun. We had several unexpected, unprepared interactions in both German and Italian as well. At our local playground in our tiny little town, one day I struck up conversation in Italian with a Sicilian woman. At the outdoor market in Italy when we were visiting, we ran into several of our old neighbors and a couple of my daughter's old school teachers, and she and I were both able to chit-chat with them in a more relaxed way than I ever remember being able to do when we were living there. In Germany, one day, we were evacuated from our home for a few hours because an unexploded aerial bomb from World War II had been discovered near our house. It was crazy to me, but apparently it happens very often here. So speaking with the informing police officer about this in German was really quite significant. For one, it was completely unexpected. And for two, my brain just kind of made the switch to German, and I understood enough of what she said to know what was going on, and I could manage enough words to ask questions and be understood. Even in a moment of stress, our plans for the day change, I'm worried about a 70-year-old bomb exploding near our house, and I have to figure out where to go and what to do, I was still internally on cloud nine for being able to navigate this conversation in German. In the past, I would have looked at this as something like, well, of course I can do these things. This is nothing significant. I understood what the police officer was saying because there were so many words that sounded like English. It's nothing to be excited about. But I no longer take these impromptu conversations for granted. Every single time I unexpectedly get a chance to speak German or Italian, I am really excited. I feel more confident. And no matter how many mistakes I make, I'm thrilled to leave a conversation knowing that I was understood. Because after all, communication is really the goal. I also talked in episode 19 last season about wanting to increase the German interactions I have with my kids. Not trying to speak all the time in every situation, but just doing a bit more. And this may be what I'm most proud of this summer. One thing I did was, when picking them up from their summer program classes, I would start by greeting them and asking about their classes in German. They'd been immersed in this German-speaking space, listening, speaking, and thinking in German for several hours, so I thought it'd be a great time to keep up that momentum. Sometimes they responded to me in English, especially if they were either tired or super excited to tell me something, but more often than not, they would respond in German, and we would have a really good exchange in the language, even if only a few sentences. And I noticed within the first two weeks of our break that my son started randomly switching to German at home. Sometimes it's in the middle of a sentence, sometimes it's in the middle of a conversation, and one time it even happened when he was talking in his sleep. But it's so much fun to hear him speaking German at home, being comfortable speaking it with me, and knowing that this is huge progress for him. English is his comfort language. It's where he feels most secure. It's the language we've bonded in. And yet, he's seeing me as part of his German life as well. And that's really exciting. It's only been 11 months since his first day of kindergarten when he officially began his immersion into German. So I can really see the progress he's making. And even though he doesn't know it, he's helping motivate me. Every time he asks me a question in German, I think, oh yeah, we can do this. We're capable. He's giving me speaking prompts that lead to German practice. 
and it also reminds me of little things that I had planned to do in German at the beginning of the summer, but didn't always stay mindful of. I wanted to focus on a couple of the habitual things we do, that we usually talk about in English, and try working on changing the language of these daily things to German. But this thought of incorporating German into our daily lives totally slipped my mind, until my son started switching to German on his own. And this makes sense. Changing a habit in any way takes real, consistent, mindful intention. So once he started regularly asking for food in German, it jogged my memory and I said, oh yeah, this is something I wanted to do. So the last couple weeks of summer, when I remembered throughout the day, which wasn't always, and that's okay, it was often, when I remembered, I spoke about food in German, asking if they're hungry, what they want to eat, if they have any requests from the supermarket, and almost every time they responded in German. And it's really started feeling more natural. And I know I'm doing something to build their language confidence and show that we're all doing this together. Now, I wouldn't say we've totally switched this daily habitual thing to a new language, but I'm intentionally setting the environment so that it's on our mind, so that we're reminded that we can speak to each other in this language instead of giving in to the more natural to us English, if we want, when we want, without any pressure. So taking advantage of the immersive nature of our location, including vacation in Italy, and intentionally speaking more German situationally at home are two things that I wanted to do prior to the break that fulfill my top three summer priorities that did come to fruition. Two other things I mentioned in episode 19 last season were that I wanted to continue reading to the kids in Italian and start watching more TV together in German. And these are two things that didn't happen, which is interesting because they're the things that we usually do. We were already reading an Italian book together before summer break, and the kids already watched TV in German before the break. So what happened? Again, it would be really easy to kind of mentally freak out thinking we're losing the things we already did or that I just didn't try hard enough or other negative things like that. But the reality is summer break changes everything. Routine things become not routine and non-routine things become a part of our daily summer habits. So what happened to the reading? Well, we finished the book we were on, and my daughter asked if we could take a break from reading books so she could work through some National Geographics she'd gotten in English. My nine-year-old daughter wanting to read in any language will absolutely get my full support. And what's really cool about this is that when we went to Italy for a few days, my friend we were staying with had to return some library books, and she asked my daughter to go along. My friend borrowed some Italian books for her own children, And my daughter started reading a long comic book in Italian one evening, and she couldn't put it down. So we went from me reading Italian chapter books to her, to her reading English magazines on her own, to her reading an Italian chapter comic book on her own. This is a win-win-win. And of course, when she was reading on her own, I took the opportunity to read to my son in German, Italian, or English, whatever books he picked out, and it was another win. So did we continue reading in Italian together every night as we had been doing? No. But it doesn't matter because now I'm becoming much more flexible with the languages, mediums, and themes of what my children are reading or having read to them, and the result is more reading for everyone, which is a fabulous result. And what about watching TV in German? What happened to that? I said in the previous episode that I wanted to make a thing of it, make German TV time, special time together, get snacks, make a fort, I put my phone down and be fully present. Great idea. But it turns out that it wasn't very realistic for most days. I've realized that for us, once electronics come on, it's really difficult to get them back off. 
and it's completely my fault. It's so convenient to let the kids just keep watching TV while I get up and make lunch, sweep the floor, get a load of laundry in the washer, put away yesterday's laundry, pay bills, get snacks, make a phone call, make dinner, clean up after dinner, and so on. So very early on in the summer, I decided that TV would really need to be put off until much later in the day and used strategically for those times when I needed them quiet so I could get some things done. Kids' TV time for us really needs to be for times when I need to focus on something else. Otherwise, more often than not, I allow too much screen time, and then I always regret it. And in putting off TV time until later in the day, I could also better honor my second summer priority of finding time to recharge my own batteries. But by that point in the day, it didn't feel right to push them to watch in German or Italian because by then they were tired, cranky, oftentimes fighting or otherwise emotionally charged, so I let them choose the language, which was most often English, but not always. And again, I could easily see this as a big failure. I could look back and criticize my choices. But the fact of the matter is that I do prefer to use TV time for the kids as a time when I can do things for me or things that are just faster or easier on my own. When I'm home with the kids all day, every day, everything is different than when they have school. My energy, my patience, productive ability, routine, desires, it's all different. I adjusted and adapted, and in no way is this a failure. So our summer German TV time results are completely okay with me, and next school break, I'll be able to adjust my expectations to reflect this reality. So yeah, that was our summer in about a 20-minute nutshell. Diving deeper into our community and speaking more languages at home went really well, while continuing to do the language things we normally do didn't. All in all, it was a good break for our languages. I had plenty of moments or days of stress, of course, but defining my summer priorities first, spending time with the kids, making time for me, and then focusing on languages really made a difference. It gave me something to always come back to, something to focus on, and something to ground me. When I started feeling frazzled or guilty or like I was losing my mind or not doing enough with languages, all I had to do was go back to my episode notes, remember my priorities, reflect on what I could do to get back to those, and let everything else just fall off my energy radar. And now, taking time to go back and reflect on the summer as a whole, I feel even better because I see so much good in our contact with our languages, our relationships with them, and our relationships with each other in any language. So this was a really successful test in managing school breaks or just managing being out of our usual routine. Now, I want to hear from you. I'll put my Instagram and Twitter handles in the show notes, and I would love to hear what you've been up to this summer with your languages. If you have kids, how did you manage being out of routine? If you don't have kids, were you able to take a break from work, take time off languages to have a vacation, or stay with the status quo? Send me a DM and let me know. That's all I have for this week. Thank you again for coming back for season two. I am really excited to be here. I have a lot of goodness planned for this season, and I think you're going to enjoy it. But if there are any topics you want to hear about, maybe there's something in your own language learning or language parenting life I haven't quite touched on, and you're curious to know if I've experienced it, if I have thoughts about it, or anything at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll leave my website, Instagram, and Twitter links in the show notes, and I would love to hear from you. So until next time, ciao.